0: Hey everyone, I'm your host, Alex Taylor, co-founder of Parallel. Welcome to Parallel Lives, a podcast where we learn about the tireless yet vibrantly challenging role the women we admire most live in parallel to their careers and personal pursuits, becoming and being a mom. Today's guest is Amber Fillerup. She's a mom of three, but best known as a fashion and beauty blogger turned influencer entrepreneur with two brands, including BFB Hair and the hair care line, Day. Today we sat down to talk about all things motherhood, the ups and downs and in-betweens, postpartum, we got into a little bit of her birth story, and more. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So the question that I always love to start with is, you know, before you even became a mom, did you know that you always wanted to be a mom?
1: Oh, totally. Like, Fantasized about being a mom since like as early as I can remember. Like, especially the years of being like a moody, depressed teenager. Like, feeling like, what the heck is even life? Like, this is so uh, dumb. Just being like, okay, whatever. I can't wait till I'm going to be a mom. Like, I'm going to have kids one day. Like that like truly like got me through high school. So like, I was so excited to be a mom. And like, I think that's why it's been so fun for me. Cause I'm like, I've literally looked forward to this my entire life. Like, this is it. I'm like living it.
0: (laughs) That is so amazing to hear. I, I see it just in what I see on my side as, you know, a follower of yours, you know, you're so enthusiastic and there's such brightness in all that you do with your children. And it's, it's really inspiring, but you know, going back to that moment in your in your life when be, having kids became a really real thing, did you feel ready? Was there a day that you woke up and said, "Okay, let's let's do this, David," or or was there, you know, a timing that came into consideration? How did you approach that?
1: So, David and I both are very free-spirited. We don't plan for anything really. We're just like, "This sounds fun, let's do it." And that's kind of been like the biggest asset to us, that quality, I guess, because like even down to kids, like we were just like, oh, let's try it. Like we never were like, how's our finances? Like are we, are we stable? Like do we have a home? Like are we settled? Like we never talked about any of that. Like we've always just been like, let's move to New York. Okay, great, let's move. Like one thing after the next. So And it's like all worked out. I think we're both very much like just do what feels right in the moment and like don't overthink it. Just go for it. Um, So yeah, we never really like overthought um, having kids. It kind of just all happened.
0: That's so inspiring to hear because thinking of myself and many of my friends and people in my life, you know, we're all waiting for the right time we're all saying, "oh, you know, when i have this i'll be ready." and it sounds like that's something that you ever overcame so early in life to have that perspective just with having children. and that's really neat. i feel like that's something that most people don't have and it's it's really admirable. so, you know, so many of us are constantly waiting for that perfect moment in life to have kids, to take that job, to go on that trip. and it sounds like this is something that you really understood from a young age. And tell me a little bit about that. How did you nurture that? And and how did that come to bear?
1: Um, I feel like I was so surrounded by a lot of people who, like, it felt like they sort of stopped doing what they wanted to do because they had kids. And like, I sort of have the personality, like, I love to prove people wrong, or like, show people like, no no no! I got this though like so I think I was like no like I'm gonna have kids I'm gonna still like do everything I wanted to do I'm gonna still travel the world like that was always my mentality I never looked at having kids as like I need to be settled and then I need to like stay home and like dedicate my life to them like I feel like I can do both simultaneously and like So I never, I always just had that, like, I want to, like, prove people wrong. Like, this doesn't have to be, like, the end-all be-all, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can just, they can come along for the ride and, like, be a part of all of it. So.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's really a shift, too, because as women, not too long ago, we were expected to forfeit so much of our lives and shape our lives around our children. And what's really beautiful is that mothers today are really finding ways to have their children fit into their lives and keeping their identity intact and that transformation from you know woman to mother is a big moment in our lives and a lot of us go through these shifts in you know self identity and who who am i did you experience any of that when you became a mom um i mean i think a little bit just i think i would have
1: regardless if i was a mom or not i think it was largely just I had kids so young and I think you figure a lot out in your 20s regardless. So I can't say it was necessarily because I was a mom, but I definitely went through that period of like 24 to like 28, I would say, where I was like, wait, what is my style? And what's my personality? What are my hobbies? Like, what am I doing? Like, I just all of a sudden felt this, like, I don't even know, like, who I am right now. Um, And I feel like I've since like, past that. I've like reconnected with all my hobbies and I'm very clear on like, this is my style. These are, this is what I enjoy in life, whatever. But yeah, I feel like everyone kind of goes through that phase where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what is happening? Like, yes. who am I again? <laughs> yes,
0: completely. And what helped you rediscover yourself and reconnect with your hobbies?
1: I mean, I, for a while there, like, felt so stuck because I had been doing the influencer thing for so long. And like when I started, I was doing mostly hair and fashion. And I think for a while, I felt like I had to keep doing that where like, it just, it didn't like fit with my life. Like at some point I had like three kids. I'm not going out and doing outfit posts. Like I'm just not, like I'm not. And like, but then a part of me was like, well, how am I going to work with brands? Like this supports my family. Like it was this whole complex going on in my mind of like, how can I still manage to like monetize my passion when like my passions are like being creative and like doodling and drawing and I don't know, like making things. So I think I just found other ways to do that. Like through my hair care line day, like I've so enjoyed like creating that and like the creative side of that. Um, so I've just like found different ways to do that, but it is, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot to like figure out when you're monetizing your passions and your passions are changing and your life is changing, like, and like
0: keeping up with it all. Absolutely. I think though, you touched on an interesting point because you were so rooted in fashion and beauty, but your brand has evolved into to this big life, right? that you now have, right? which is being a mother, you you have a home, caring for that, you have a partner. There's all these different facets. So if anything, it's really opened up your opportunities to work with a whole different, you know, range of brands and partners and get creative in new ways. I bet that's been exciting and fun too.
1: Yeah, it has. But like early on, I mean, and, and maybe it wasn't this way, maybe it just felt this way to me, but it felt like only fashion and beauty brands were working with influencers. Where now people have been like, Oh, I can work with influencers in this way, and like so it's completely changed. But like for a while there, like really the money was in like fashion. And so if you weren't doing that, like when we moved to Hawaii, I I really wasn't getting any jobs because all I was wearing was swimsuits. And so my manager was like, Well, we can't like get you any jobs. Like you're not like, you're not like wearing these brands. It doesn't like fit with the lifestyle anymore. And now people have just gotten more creative. Brands have gotten the memo, like influencers work. Here's how we can do it. But yeah, there was an awkward time there where it was like, it was so like tunnel vision with influencer life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. So you mentioned day. And you are such an OG in the beauty blogging and influencing world, and you've parlayed that into two incredible product lines. Um, as a mom of two daughters, what do you hope to teach your daughters about beauty?
1: I mean, one thing I'm always talking to, well, mostly Rosie. Frankie's a little too young, but Rosie and Atticus—they both love to like work on the brand with me. We're always bringing them with us um, on like shoots and. Especially like during COVID, we launched right before COVID. So, honestly, the kids were like helping us pack out orders and like (laughs) pop open boxes. And so, they've been like in the trenches with us, truly. So, we talk about it all the time. I'm always telling them just my philosophy is on beauty. Like, I really don't believe that we need any other beauty products in the world, like, unless it's coming from a brand who actually has morals and values. Like, we just don't need any more companies that are just like, we just want to make money. Like we need people who care about the environment and care about clean products and like better, safer options for people. And that way like we can come in and like push out the people who don't care. But I guess being an influencer, I just get flooded with so many products. And I think you can see it so clearly when a brand is authentic and like has values, stands for something, cares about more than just like, oh, sweet, let's monetize on this, get in, get out. It's so obvious. So I think, yeah, just like teaching my kids, like you need to like stand for something and like people will see that, like they'll feel that in your product.
0: Completely. And that's what beauty is. It's about who we are, what we stand for and our values. And of course, there's makeup and hair products and all the wonderful things in the world, but it's really about what's inside um, that really counts. That's really neat. So, your career involves sharing so much of your life publicly. How do you navigate a tough day when you're under a microscope?
1: I've gotten much, much better at it. It used to like fully ruin my day where I would spiral. Freak out, I just have the worst day. Where now I feel like since I've done more work on myself and gone to therapy, now I'm like, oh, it's like not a big deal to like feel annoyed. Yeah, that's fine. You feel annoyed, that's normal. Everyone feels annoyed sometimes. Everyone has bad days. And the irony and just being like, that's cool, like I'm having a bad day today is that it actually turns your day around. Just acknowledging it and being like, yeah, that's fine. Like I can feel this way and like I'll cancel my meeting or move this around and like just be easy on myself today. And then it's like, it just like fizzles out. But I feel like it's when we're like, oh, I can't feel this way. Why do I feel this way? Trying to change it and like fight it, that it like just keeps going.
0: So true. Just acknowledging those feelings. And I constantly find myself with my son who's three years old trying to name and recognize his feelings. And I forget that I need to do that with myself sometimes.
1: (laughs) Totally. I know having kids like really makes you realize that because I'm like, I'm so patient with them. And I'm like, yeah, like it's fine if you don't want to go to school today. I remember not wanting to go to school. And then I'm like, okay, so it's fine for me to like dread like work days or you know what I mean? Like it's all just normal. And I think it's nice that people talk about that more on social media now, because it does make you realize like, regardless of anyone's status or where they're at in life, like we all have those ups and flows and it's like 1000% normal.
0: Completely. And you know, something else that I've noticed you've been normalizing a bit more on your channels is you've talked pretty openly about the pregnancy blues. And there's this misconception that when you're pregnant, you're supposed to be happy and it's a really wonderful time. And while it is, a lot of women struggle with You know, depression and anxiety during that journey, or even postpartum. Can you talk to us a little bit more about you know what your experience has been and why it was important for you to open up and share that with with your community?
1: Yeah, I mean i I've always been kind of an open book, like overshare, where I almost have to be like, okay, should I share this? (laughs) So it's almost the opposite for me, where I don't have to like work up courage to share. I need to like, okay, let's scale back a little bit. So. It felt very natural to share that. I guess the part where it gets a little tricky is just navigating. I never want to sound like I'm ungrateful for what I have or I'm going through or and so that's like tricky to navigate where it's like I'm feeling this way, but I also want to acknowledge that like there's a lot of people who can't get pregnant, want to be pregnant. Here I am feeling sad while I'm pregnant. Like it's like this tricky thing to understand. It's so tough. I know it's so hard. I've learned to just like validate my own feelings, share and let other people set their boundaries where like if they see that I'm pregnant and I'm going through this, like they can mute me, they can unfollow me, but like Mm -hmm. it's not up to me to like set those boundaries for them, you know.
0: Completely. And I think you you touched on something really interesting in that it's all relative. It's okay to be pregnant and feel those feelings, you know. And and I think that. You know we here at parallel are constantly talking about, you know, everyone's at these different stages in their journey. and you can't compare worse, better. it's It's only relevant to your own life in your world. And whatever you need to feel to go through it, you should be able to feel. Um, and that must yeah. be challenging, though, when you have a whole world of people that feel like they're they're on the other side with you. So that's tough. That's definitely an added layer for you for sure
1: yeah I mean yeah like if I like if I like break my leg and someone else sprains their ankle like I can't say like your ankle can't hurt because mine is worse I broke my leg like they all hurt and it's all relative like you said
0: so yeah it is so you know thinking about just this journey dealing with the pregnancy blues, sharing so much about your mental health with your community. You've talked about therapy quite a bit. And I'm curious, what led you there? Was that something that you had discovered before becoming a mom, after becoming a mom? Tell me about that that journey. I mean, I've
1: always loved to follow therapists on social media, and I've always been heavily into self-help content whether that be books, podcasts, anything. Um and like one common theme I kept feeling like I kept seeing was like you need to resolve your own trauma. Even if you don't think you have trauma, everyone has like a degree of trauma. And like for the longest time I thought trauma, like that's it kind of an intense word where I felt like I had to have had this like really horrible thing happen to me. Or I don't know, like, I I only thought it fit like one category where like trauma can just be like, something so trivial that might seem like it's, it's so dumb to you. But like, at the time, it meant something and like really hurt you and you stored it improperly. And like, especially with kids, like, you don't want to have unhealed trauma of any degree, whether that be something horrible or something that like is going to cause you to like freak out on them anytime they don't do their homework or whatever triggers you, you know? And so I think like my biggest motivation was just, I want to make sure I'm fully healed inside. So I'm not like passing anything down to my kids. So I went to therapy and I think I was just so surprised because I realized how much I actually did have to work through where I was kind of one of those people where I'm like, I don't really have like that much like nothing. I can't complain like nothing that bad happened to me. But like, everyone has stuff to work through. And I just grew so much from that experience that I was like, Oh, my gosh, I feel like everyone needs this. Like, you grow so much that it was just so eye opening to me. And like, also just realizing like, whatever your problems are, whatever you feel like is stupid, like, a therapist isn't going to see a stupid, like nothing is like trivial or dumb. Like you can talk about anything, you know?
0: So true. I constantly think that, you know, if I could give a gift to the world, you know, I wish everyone could have that access. It really is a privilege and it's tremendous. The, the work that you can get done. And it's also wonderful that it's just been so normalized, you know, it was, it, there was used to be a huge stigma attached to, you know mental health and therapy. And it's just so neat that nearly everyone I know speaks very openly about working with a therapist or the like. And it's just incredible because you show up better for yourself, for your family, for your kids. And I love for you, it sounds like it was a really conscious decision to do before you started that journey, which is really neat.
1: Yeah. And I think also like you mentioned, um, like having access to therapy, therapy is so expensive. Like, so I'm always telling my followers, like, if you can't, if you're not in a place where you can afford therapy, like follow therapists on Instagram. There's so, there's so much content out there that it's almost like you can have a therapy session if you're looking hard enough. Like there's so many great books out there and there's like, you can even read Reddit forums where people will go to therapy sessions and then put like exercises their therapist had them do and kind of like just do try to find content on the internet and like create your own therapy sessions. um, If you're not in a stage where you can afford it.
0: That's so smart and so true. And I love that you see this really bright side of the internet. There's so many resources that are available to us, which is tremendous. And you mentioned books. Are there any books that you've read that really changed your life if you could narrow it down to maybe one or two.
1: Yeah, Untethered Soul is like it's like literally like the bible to me. Like it absolutely changed my life. I feel like that's like how I want to live my life like exactly. And like Michael Singer the author, wow. He's just so fantastic. Like all of his podcast episodes and like just hearing him speak, I'm just like everything he says just helps me so much. Um, but that book is like truly life changing. So, definitely everyone should read that. And I also think it's one of those that like most therapists would recommend. Like, it was on a lot of the book lists um, that I had read that kind of encouraged me to go to therapy. So, I had initially read that first and then went to therapy. So, I definitely know it's like therapists recommended for sure, according to the internet. <laughs>
0: Love that. Love that. I've heard a lot about that book. It's on my list. So I'll report back. Now I'm sold. <laughs> Gotta read it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely read it. You will love it. Love it. And have there been was there anything in that book that you took into your role as a mother? Or is it just kind of your whole approach?
1: Um, I mean, really the whole approach, but I think the main thing I took from it, he talks a lot about energy. Um, and like, obviously we need lots of energy as moms. And like, some days I know, like I would wake up and be like, Oh my gosh, like, I really feel like I can't do this today. Um, and like, he uses this example of a breakup, how like, if someone were to break up with you, you would feel like completely drained, like laying in bed, so sad, no energy. But then if that person were to text you and be like, Hey, I love you. Let's get back together. Like instantly you'd have this like surge of energy. And he was saying how like, your energy doesn't actually go anywhere. Like you always have the energy within you. It's literally all your mind. And like that helped me so much. Cause I'm like, I've gotten so like extra into affirmations in the last few years. I've been into them for like a decade or more, but, um, just like channeling my energy. Like I have endless energy for my kids, my job, everything I want to do. As long as I'm like, you know, I think it's important to like listen to your body too. Like I'm pregnant right now. It's okay if I like lay in bed one day, but, um, just kind of like having that in the back of my mind has helped a lot.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. So getting back to the journey of becoming a mother what surprised you most about yourself after becoming a mom? Did you learn anything new about yourself that you didn't think you were capable of or had within you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always kind of told myself like, oh, I'm so bad at baking. I'm such a bad cook. David's the good cook in our family or like I think I am. But then like I would notice my kids like saying, "Oh, I'm not good at this." I'm like, "You haven't even tried it. Like, you can't say you're not good at it." And then So like the same thing, like you were saying earlier, just like kind of talking to myself, like I talk to my kids and being like, I've like gotten so into cooking and baking and I'm like, Oh, I literally just hadn't done it. Like it's literally just the same thing I say to my kids like every day. So I think those little realizations have been really fun. Like just talking to myself the way I, I talk to my kids.
0: So that's kind of been like a fun journey. How is it going? I mean, you're you're pregnant right now, by the way. Congratulations! Um, you're getting closer to the finish line. How are you feeling
1: right now? I feel good. Like the last week, actually, I feel like I just absolutely popped, and I can like feel my stomach stretching, and it's just like you know that feeling when your skin is just stretching, and it just starts to feel like itchy and like. Yes, Ugh, I'm like starting to <laughs> feel mind. that. So, just trying to like ignore that. Uh, but other than that, I feel good. Like in the beginning, like we kind of talked about already, I was like roller coaster of emotions. Like one day raging, the next day like so happy. So I'm definitely past that like emotional roller coaster stage, which has been really nice. And I feel like I have energy and
0: everything. So good, good. Can't complain. Oh, my gosh. But it's hard with kiddos around. No one told me that when I was pregnant with my second, it would be so tough because I have a toddler to chase around and care for. I I don't know how you do it with three little ones.
1: (laughs) Honestly, having more makes it easier. Like when my older kids are at school, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for them to come home because then they can like, they all just go off and play and they can take care of Frankie and I don't worry about them. Um, so it actually makes it much easier. So I feel okay, like the hardest is
0: that second pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Good to know because we've always thought of having maybe more. So we'll see. <laughs> so having a fourth, you know, do you have any fears? Is there anything that makes you nervous about going into this birth experience? I personally really struggled with the pain that I knew I was going to go through after the first Um I had like some challenging delivery circumstances with my first, tell me a little bit about your experience with your births and how you're building a mindset for this one.
1: Yeah. Um, in the, so my first delivery, um, and I don't know like how much detail I can get into, but like, I didn't realize that like I had, Okay. So I had an episiotomy with my first and I didn't realize like no one had ever spoken to me about like, here's the pros and cons of an episiotomy. Here's like the pros and cons to just tearing naturally. Like no one ever talks about these things because I feel like everyone's like, ah, TMI, like, whatever. Um, but like, it's so, it's like, your body like and no one tells you those things like no one had ever thought to mention like here's your options and like i it's like mind blowing to me truly that like we go into it as blind as we do um without hearing those like dirty details like no tell us everything and like what we can tell a doctor no to like we do have control over like our own experiences and as much as we should trust doctors we do need to like also educate ourselves on like what we can say no to you know what I mean No I don't want to have yeah. pesiotomy and I, mm-hmm. I kind of wish I would have said no and just torn naturally and my second doctor who was a different doctor because we moved to New York she really explained the difference to me and maybe this is why there should be more female doctors but she really explained why tearing is so much better and really anyway i yeah so she i and it totally made sense to me and i'm like wow i wish i would have
0: known this before so so this is so interesting with my first i had an episiotomy and i gave birth to my second with the same doctor i never ever really learned the pros and cons of a, of tearing versus the episiotomy can you just share what the differences are that you picked up yeah so she explained
1: it um like fabric, she said, if you start to cut fabric, then it's just gonna, if you pull it, it's just gonna tear open. Um, but if you just were to like tug on fabric without cutting it, it would just have like lots of little micro tears and it wouldn't have just like one easy, harsh tear. Um, which that like totally made sense to me. And like, completely the apesia, episiot- like, how can it not just like, tear right open when you're already cutting it, you know? And like, I get there are probably certain scenarios where it's absolutely necessary. I guess I would have, I wish I would have known the questions to ask to understand my situation and why it was necessary or even thought to ask, why do I need
0: this? Completely, completely. I think there's such a, a greater need for that advocacy and just understanding a bit more about all the different forks in the road that can happen in a birth experience and exactly where do we have the ability to interject and guide that path and make those decisions that's so interesting that that you went through that and learned learned about it that way
1: yeah and i mean like once you have an episiotomy like it's so hard on your body like that was my by far my hardest recovery and i because it was my first, I remember just telling everyone like, good freaking luck. Like it is the most brutal thing ever. And then after my second, where I just tore naturally, um, it was so easy. Like I was walking around and I wasn't like crying at the anticipation of like coughing and like, you know what I mean? Like it was just so much easier. So totally.
0: I don't know. Maybe it was because it was my second or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you went from your second and third and fourth, how do you look at this birth experience? Are you just kind of like, I know what to expect, game plan, or how are you approaching this and what's your mindset as it relates to the pain? Because it took me so long to get over the what the pain I experienced the first time. I didn't have it the second time, but it, it, I definitely had to work on my mental resiliency to get there. It was, it was a lot. <laughs>
1: Oh, totally. Like now I think I've realized like the questions I like to ask my doctors, like if my baby is breached, like what, what's the plan? Like, are you, what's your game plan? Because it might differ from mine and like, here's how mine is. And even just questions surrounding like C-section and making sure like I'm very clear about how I would like my birth plan to go. Like in the beginning, I never, I heard people say birth plan, but I'm like, I don't know what that means. Does that mean like at 10 o'clock I give birth and 11 o'clock, like bring me a meal? Like what does yeah. that even mean? Like no one even explained to me like here, like someone, and there probably are freaking birth plan templates now, but I'm like, someone give me a template to fill in. Cause I don't even know what this means, but Now I feel like I just know the questions to ask. And now I know like me and my doctor on the same page, we're going into it with like, he knows what I'm expecting. And I totally agree with like his philosophy on delivery. So um, I feel really good about it. And like our doctor also like delivered all my sisters and anything.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. Your doctor delivered all your sisters and you? Sorry, no, no, no. He delivered their babies. Oh, my yeah, God. Not them themselves. Okay. I was like, whoa, this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. Wow. And, you know, thinking about that postpartum period, you know, tell me about was there a postpartum experience that really stands out that you went through? Anything that might be helpful for other people to hear that might be going through postpartum?
1: Yeah. Like with my first, it's so wild to even think back on because again, I feel like times were just different back then where people didn't share nearly as much on the internet. So I genuinely had never seen anyone postpartum. Um, And so I had no idea that you still look pregnant after giving birth. I think that's like pretty much largely known now, Um, thanks to people sharing that on the internet. But at the time, I genuinely did not know that. So I thought like, what is wrong with like even around my family I kept feeling like I need to like cover my stomach yeah and like wear a baggy shirt and now I'm like oh my gosh like a house st- I just delivered a baby and I'm like worried about like what my body is looking like like oh my goodness I need I should have been so much easier on myself so I think just with age and stuff you are kinder to yourself but i just remember being like oh i need to like get back in shape and what's going on like yeah
0: be kind to yourself for sure i know and it's nice to see people opening up and sharing a little bit more about the reality i personally found the fourth trimester to be the hardest especially with my first and even with my second i was trying to understand how to manage you know being a mom to my son and caring for a newborn it's a lot and people didn't tell me about that. So it's a bit of a surprise, but it's good to see that more and more women are opening up and sharing about that. What is the most valuable piece of advice you've ever received about being a mother?
1: There's so many, honestly. One that I loved is anytime they're throwing a tantrum, just give them a hug or just like kind of laugh it off with them or you okay. know what I mean like don't like place so much weight on tantrums. Um, And like, my kids are kind of out of the phase of doing tantrums. They're a bit older now. But like, I remember, especially when my first two were 17 months apart, so they would both be having tantrums at the same time, I would get so flustered. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, I don't even like know what to do right now. Like, uh, Ah," like, it's so stressful. So like that advice to me was so nice. Because I'm like, it somehow works every time. Like I just go up to them and like, really? give them a hug and like somehow. Yeah. Like they so it's called like the 10 second rule. I don't know if you've heard that. I can't remember what parenting book that's from, but like, you're supposed to just like hug them for 10 seconds. And like, it doesn't work every time, but like a lot of times they'll just, you know, like that's all they needed was like a hug. And honest. so, yeah. So I, I love, I love that. that advice because it's like carried over <laughs> into like so many different aspects. Like, mm-hmm. Even if like they're just being moody and whatever, like instead of being like, "Hey, knock off that attitude," give them a hug.
0: Oh, I love that so much because it's so easy to get all riled up and feed off that energy and become frustrated. And you realize they're just they're little people in turmoil. They just need a hug. I know, and like that's how we are too. When we're like
1: when we're mad or having a bad day, like all we want is a hug. Like, you know what I mean? So I think it like goes both ways. (laughs) It's
0: so true. It's so funny how motherhood is really a mirror because it turns, you're looking at these little people and you realize so much of how you have to care and love for them. It's how you have to care and love for yourself too. It's so interesting.
1: I know. so true. (laughs)
0: amazing well you have been such a joy to reconnect with i just have so enjoyed watching you and your beautiful family grow and i can't wait for this new little babe on the way um i know i hope, I'm you, so have, excited. <laughs> I hope you have a good restful rest of your pregnancy and just i can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with me a little bit
1: of course thank you so much for <laughs> having me
0: Thanks for tuning in to Parallel Lives. Stay tuned for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like today's show, we'd be forever grateful if you take a moment to rate and review us. You can find us online at parallelhealth.com. That's P-E-R-E-L-E-L health.com or on Instagram at parallelhealth. Health. I'm Alex Taylor, and you've been listening to Parallel Lives. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Parallel. We are a prenatal vitamin and supplement solution that adapts to your changing body's needs throughout your motherhood journey. All of our products offer the highest quality, bioavailable ingredients at doctor recommended doses, tailored to each unique phase, preconception, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and postpartum and beyond because your prenatal vitamins shouldn't be one size fits all. Sign up for our newsletter at parallelhealth.com to learn more.